Well, good morning, and thank you for listening to the Positive Perspective Podcast. If it's not your morning, I hope you're having a good afternoon or a good evening. This is Brian Swift, a.k.a. The Quad Father. And I've been asked quite a few times, what is the Quad Father? Who is the Quad Father? And that's kind of complicated, but I'm going to try to answer that for you in the most positive way I can. And it's probably going to be through a story, but I think it's important you understand who I am and, and my background and what gives me the, the ability to do the things I do or what gives me the knowledge base to do the things I do. And, and that started back in 1979 at the age of 17 when I broke my neck. It was the day after Christmas. I was out playing football with my friends and I just got tackled. Nothing traumatic. I, I just fell uh, face first, got tackled from behind, didn't hit my head, didn't hit my neck. And I laid there uh, without the ability to move. And at that point in my life, I became a C5, C6 quadriplegic. And that started my life in a different direction. So from there, the prognosis based on statistics back in 1979, we're not very good for C5, C6 quadriplegics. You, what you got to hear out of uh, the doctors, and, and especially considering they were specialists at one of the top-ranked rehabilitation facilities, was unfortunately based on statistics. And you were C5, C6, this is what C5, C6s can do. So this is what you're going to be able to do. And don't forget, this is way before our computer generation. Um, even before cell phones were, uh, you know, something that was an everyday item. So at 17, you're laying there and you're getting to hear whether you want to or not. You know, we don't know if you'll regain anything. It, we don't know how much you'll be able to regain in terms of movement. And all we could do is kind of move forward with the best care we can and keep you in the therapies, physical therapy, occupational therapy. I continued my education going to school while I was in rehab. And at that point, quads did not do, and there was a statistical laundry list that belongs in a horror movie. You know, you don't, they don't go to college and, and from, from a statistical standpoint at least. And don't forget, this is 1979 and relationships typically don't last. And, you know, no, you can't swim. You can't walk on parallel bars. We don't do this with quads. We don't do that with quads. You know, typically, you know, they don't find jobs um, for whatever reason. The reason was never really given. I don't forget this is new to me and my family, but those reasons traditionally are not given. It was really based on statistics. So, you know, getting married, having kids, a traditional life seemed like it was a, you know, a million miles away up on, up on Mars. And, uh, oh boy, you just, you, you, I learned to take it one day at a time. And, and I was blessed by having strong family, strong friends, and I was at a great rehabilitation institute. So 
you know, little by little, uh, you know, I got movement back in my shoulders a little bit and I would lay there on a cart and try to move as much as I can. I don't think a day goes by when I don't try to kick my legs. Um, but they're, they're still just sitting there staring at me. And then, you know, my arms started to move a little bit, um, but I still couldn't feed myself and I still could barely push, uh, a wheelchair. And, uh, my father who was kind of a, a old school rock was like, no, you're not getting an electric wheelchair. You're going to learn to push yourself and maybe walk out of here, which those were my goals because you don't know. Um, you know, they didn't know. So I worked hard at therapy. I, I worked, worked crazy hard. I, I got bands brought up to my room. So when everybody was sitting around being depressed, I'd be trying to pull on these bands and trying to exercise and trying to do whatever I could. And when I wasn't doing that, I was reading and just trying to stay busy. Uh, there was a lot of frustration, no doubt. Um, a lot of negativity amongst patients, but I try to keep myself distance from that and try to keep reminding myself that every situation is different. You could have a thousand quads and some are walking, believe it or not. So there are walking quads. Some are in electric chairs, some are in power chairs. I have my view on that. Back in 1979 and when I got out of the rehab in 1980, I played a lot of wheelchair sports and didn't know too many C4s, C5s, C6s, C7s that were in, I shouldn't say C4s, C5s, C6s, C7s. Most of them were in manual chairs. Um, I left the, the rehab center in a manual chair and that's just the way it was going to be. And if I was going to be too, very mobile, it was I was going to have to learn to push myself. And when I left there, I could push myself fairly good. But when you get home, the rubber kind of meets the road. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different life because you're outside the safety zone of a rehabilitation center where you have a lot of people like you there, where you have nurses and doctors and therapists that understand and where you haven't been thrown into all the daily things that now you have to do because everything is made fairly simple and easy there. Everything is accessible. So I moved home to a house that was 100% not accessible. We put a ramp that could have been a ski slope in the front of the house. And uh, that was my, my entrance and exit. We didn't do any modifications because we really didn't have the space to do them. So getting in the bathroom wasn't going to happen. So you learn to make adjustments. And my family set up a, a lot of opportunities to do exercising and therapy in the garage. Heavy bag, a speed bag, a couple machines that they saw at the re, you know with pulleys that we learned to make it from the rehab. And probably one of the biggest things I did was push myself in my wheelchair. End of the driveway, end of the corner, end of the block. And little by little, kind of pushed myself further and further. Eventually, I could, you know, go around the block. Then it was two blocks. Then it was three blocks. Then it was a half mile. Then it was a mile. And, you know, that kind of built some confidence. I finished school, graduated from high school with my class. And, and that was on the Friday. On Monday, I started summer school at a junior college. 
and I finished junior college in two years, being driven every day in a bus. Every day I did therapy. I had a weight set in my bedroom. I lifted weights while I was in bed. I'd get up, I'd go to school for almost the entire day from probably nine o'clock to two or nine to three, some semesters. I got my associate's degree in two years, continued my therapy, got stronger. Did I regain movement? Not too much. Um, I worked on the parts that I wasn't strong on, like triceps and try to keep a ball in my hands and push with my fingers and and I, in all honesty, that hasn't come that far. But uh, in terms of my hands, I, I still really can't grasp well. Um, and they have very little hand movement, finger movement, I should say. But I kept moving forward after that. I went to a college and started playing wheelchair sports because I never lost my competitiveness. And played wheelchair sports, quad rugby. I swam competitively, a little track and field. And I did that for a couple years and finished college. And one of the dreams was to coach. And as my rides in my wheelchair got longer, I started riding up to where I, uh, the grammar school used to practice football, where I played in grammar school and, and whatnot, and became friends with the coaches and eventually asked if I could coach, help coach. And they uh, let me be an assistant coach. So as I finished college, I started coaching football at the grammar five, fifth, and sixth grade level. Continued therapy every day. And uh, while I was in, in college, a little nun who was at the school I was at convinced me that I should try to go to law school. And I'm first generation college. So, you know, I, I would have probably ended up in the trades, a very honorable profession, if I didn't go to college, if I didn't break my neck. I would have ended up with the trades with a lot of my friends. But I went to college because the trades wasn't going to happen being in a wheelchair. So that being said, I figured why not try take the LSAT, the law school entrance exam. And I did. And uh, I did fairly well enough to actually get accepted into several law schools. Well, at this time, I was still coaching and, and playing wheelchair sports. And so uh, I knew that wheelchair sports, something was going to have to end and uh, wheelchair sports came to an end, although I was still doing therapy every day and continued to do therapy. Um, the wheelchair sports was going to uh, have to take a back seat. At this point, I had kind of gotten tired of being transported around, so I, I, I started to drive. I had a big old car that I would uh, have somebody help me get in and out of and get my wheelchair in and out of. and. That that went on for a couple years till I kind of got tired and said, I need to be totally independent and eventually got a van. But I made it into law school. It was way over my head. I mean, these people are crazy smart. And I'm just a, a simple man that uh, first generation college. And I'll tell you my routine, though. I, I got up at, at 6. I was dressed by 7. I was at school by 8. And I ended it at about 2.30ish. About every other day I would get dropped off at a local library, actually where I went to college, and I would study till about 8 at night. And come home, try to do a little therapy, eat, go to bed. And uh, some crazy way, I, I, I made it through law school. 
In the meantime, I continued my, my, my coaching. I continued therapy and uh, was just, just blessed and lucky. When I got finished with law school, I worked at a little law firm and uh, while well, I was studying for the bar and got a, an opportunity of a lifetime to coach where I went to high school, um, which is St. Lawrence High School in, in Burbank, and somewhere where I spent four amazing years with amazing friends and young men that uh, I'm still friends with today and, and uh, Christian brothers and, and teachers that are still around that are fantastic. And I got a chance to coach freshman football and I got a chance to coach sophomore basketball, and which was not just an honor, but a privilege to be able to go back to a school that I admired, played, uh, and spent so much time at. And uh, after a year or so in the law profession, I decided to go a different direction. And uh, in the meantime, I, I, I lived life, I dated. I went out with my friends. We visited friends in college. We went to sporting events. We did, you know, all the things we could, you know, that you do when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And uh, I finally got a van that gave me a little more independence. I dated and uh, actually was blessed where my friends uh, got me up standing on parallel bars. In the meantime, I got into a pool and found out that uh, I could swim, you know, doing the backstroke. And all of a sudden started to realize all these things they told me I couldn't do, I was doing. I was, I could walk down a set of parallel bars, not well, and it drained me, but I did it. I could swim. I worked at a law firm outside the house. Um, I dated, I had very long relationships. I started to look back and, and realize you were doing things that you never thought you could do. You were doing things that people said you couldn't do. And this built an enormous amount of confidence in me. Um, just, it gave, you know, it strengthened my faith because every day I, I, I would pray that I, uh, not that I would walk, never prayed to walk, believe it or not. I prayed that I would have the strength to, to deal with the hand that I was dealt with. Stre give me the strength to, to accomplish what I could accomplish and to be the best person I could be. Um, despite the wheelchair. So um, this just strengthened everything in me, every, every accomplishment, graduating from college, uh, driving, going to law school, having good relationships that lasted a long time. Now I'm pushing myself five miles in my wheelchair and uh, doing some 5K marathons, not for time by, by all means, but just being able to finish. So as time went on, I, I just kept accomplishing and accomplishing and accomplishing um, little steps. And I didn't talk about the little steps because nothing was a big step. There were setbacks. There were knockdowns. There were t hard times. Trust me, I, I, I had them like everybody else has them, whether you're walking or you're riding. We all have them. And, and, and they're either, you either use them as stepping stones or building blocks. Depends how you use them. So I learned to use every setback as a building block. Um, to, to, to build me, I learned to use them uh, not to trip on, but I learned how to get over these little pitfalls. 
and went on, went into the corporate world and, and had a wonderful 25 years working in a corporate-ish environment for a huge company in training, sales, management. In the meantime, I, I, I did meet an amazing woman and got married um, that, 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 you know, I could have been more blessed. And now we have been married 30 years. We have three kids, something else that wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, relationships lasting 30 years wasn't supposed to happen. Working outside the house wasn't supposed to happen. Working my way up the corporate ladder wasn't supposed to happen. Um, there were so many things back in 1979, you just, you know, they didn't see as standard and, and see as something that they talked about because those things were so out of reach. And in my mind, they were never out of reach. It just was what price did I want to pay? What price, what price do you want to pay? What are you willing to sacrifice? How much pain can you endure? And how many times can you get up? And so that was kind of that that's what led me to continue to move forward. We're kind of leaning on some of the things I've done in the past. But you can't rest on the, your laurels. The past doesn't matter. It's in, the, in our world, it's what have you done for me today? You know, in a corporate environment, you know, having two, three great years doesn't help you on your fourth year when you're struggling and things aren't going your way, whether you're a manager or you're in sales or you're in training. It doesn't matter. You've got to, you have to perform every day. And some days are going to be a disaster and a nightmare. It is what it is. And you just got to remember these are moments in time. And all this is building up to what confidence and, you know, personal respect I have for the people around me, the people that helped me get here. Because I haven't done this by myself by no means. Without some of the amazing help around me, I wouldn't be here. And let me say that first. Um, without the strength of God, I wouldn't be here. Um, I don't get where I'm at. 30 years later being married, three kids, living in a, a home that, that we built. Nobody paid for it. We paid for it. An accessible home, very modest, but very beautiful and nice. And an amazing family and friends and, and life that I work extremely hard for. I spent lots of years, over 20, getting up at 5, leaving the house at 6, getting to work at 7, and working till 5 at night. Um, at least 5 at night. I brought work home every weekend to catch up or to try to get ahead. So I paid the price. My family paid the price. But we did it together, and, and it took us on a lot of great journeys because of it. So I am now 40-plus years, a C5, C6 quad. I am still married. I got three amazing kids on great paths. I spent 22 years coaching football. I spent 20 years coaching basketball from high school all on uh, down to flag and little dunkers and widgets and whatever you may call them. And I've been a part of different boards at, at athletic 
organizations, religious organizations. Um, one of the things I wanted to do when I got out was write a book, and, and I have now been a part of five books, three I wrote on my own. First one is Up, Getting Up is the Key to Life. You can find it on Amazon. The second one is Rising Up. You can find that also in, on Amazon. And, and then when I hit my 40th year in the wheelchair, as I'm trying to brand myself, the Quad Father came to mind. And I kind of felt after 40 years, successful, thriving years, most of them, that that was an appropriate term and everybody loved it and people just fell in love with it. So I wrote a book called The Quad Father and The Quad Father is basically based on the fact that for probably 30 years I have mentored and helped people with disabilities try to get to a better stage in life. And in doing that, I have heard every excuse around as to the why. Why I can't work because, you know, I'm afraid to lose my monthly payments, which is basically poverty level. And I don't use a manual wheelchair because I don't want to hurt my arms. Well, I'm 40 years into it. Yes, I have pain every day. I wouldn't change a thing um, for a lot of reasons. Um, I don't know, you know, you could save yourself and fade away or you could go out in a blaze of and 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 going out in a blaze to me was the way to go and i'm going to push myself in a manual chair as long far, hard as i can i still get out every day and do two three four miles when it's the weather's decent i'll push in my wheelchair whether it be on a track or around the neighborhood so i branded myself the quad father and in the in the book i wrote it was kind of a straight at you, no holds bar, unforgiving, tough love answer to every excuse that I've heard from people with disabilities. And not just people with disabilities, but people without disabilities. And if you think about it, let me explain two scenarios to you. You have one scenario where a person, whether they have a disability or not, has all the things they need to succeed. They have technology. They have support. They have wealth. They have love. They have the space. They have the time. And they've got almost everything you really need to succeed. And yet, for whatever reason, they just don't take that and go with it. They don't succeed. They find ways not to succeed. And then you take a second person and give them a disability. They don't come from money. They don't have great technology. They have very, they have a little support. They don't have maybe the, the space. They don't have certain things. And this person finds a way to thrive, finds a way to make a difference in other people's lives, finds a, a, a way to continually move forward. Why is that? Why? I study people, I study situations, I read, I go to seminars, I do anything I can to continually educate myself on how people tick, why some people can move forward, why others can't. And, and it certainly doesn't come down to education. I've ruled that out. And believe it or not, it doesn't come down to money for most people. Now, for some it has, but it really it truly comes down to a couple factors that you don't learn in school and that you can't buy. 
and and those are the factors that I focus on. And they're going to be part, uh, well, they're right currently part of a book I'm writing. And uh, it's something that we all can build, but that is the same person that decides I'm not going to make excuses. It's not about the things that got my mind. I found a way to get around those. That's the person that succeeds. They, you know, they, 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 they make things better not bitter in their life. But I, that's something I, I have studied. I have read books on. I, I, I've been to seminars. I have been blessed to be able to go watch some amazing speakers, um, motivational, inspirational, very driven, uh, very intelligent, and just try to learn and apply those types of philosophies to my own life, to my kids' life, to my family life, to people I coach, people I coached in athletics, people I coach now that are not in athletics because I do peer mentoring. I also will, I, I, I do strategic life coaching and, and help now business people that want to, and not just business people, but you know, what maybe you're just trying to get into the entrepreneurial word, world, but I try to help them get over there the, the, the block the blocks in their life that are keeping them from moving forward and and I've been blessed so that being said um, I have branded myself as a quad father um, maybe that gives you a little bit about my, my background and why I branded myself as the quad father I do have a, a YouTube channel so please check it out um, it, it would it, it started out just being exercises and it's going to morph and continue to be not just exercises, but in things that are inspiring. And that's why I started the podcast to bring a positive perspective into the world, um, to, to bring it into your daily activity, to bring it because it is something you have to focus on. It is something you have to learn to control, to be positive instead of negative. When negative things come up, we all tend to drop the F-bomb. We all tend to, our minds shift right away. That sucks. That And, and I, I learned years ago from an interesting mentor to say that's interesting. Instead of going right to the F-bomb, which kind of sets you off inside. And that setting you off inside really prohibits you from thinking a certain way. So I, I've tried not to go in that direction because I find it helps me to be able to focus a little bit better in a different way. So my YouTube channel, The Quad Father, uh, is designed to help a lot of disabled people or if you're, you know, I call it sit and stay fit also, uh, find ways to exercise and stay in shape. The positive, my, my, my YouTube uh, is new. Positive Perspective podcast is relatively new, and I hope people can get something out of it. I hope you enjoy it. I'm real. Um, I don't sugarcoat anything. It's just not the way I was brought up. But uh, I hope the information get out of it. You enjoy the stories you get out of it. You enjoy, you can implement some of the philosophies going forward in your life because we can't go backwards. That's why the rearview mirror is so small. 
and your front windshield so big is because we're 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 wired to be looking forward and and not worry about what's behind you as much. So that's what I hope people start to do is look what's in front of you, the possibilities, the opportunities, and and find them and and take them and and and, and learn to let them thrive in your life. And what's behind us is behind us. You know, the further we look out that 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 front window, the further we get away from what's behind us. But that takes intention. You've got to intentionally do that. And you've got to intentionally bring those positive perspectives and positive thoughts into your life. So with that being said, I appreciate you listening. Subscribe to the Quadfather, the podcast, Positive Perspective Podcast. And you guys have a great day. I appreciate it. God bless.